he whispers. But the boy does not answer. He is already asleep. Back in the kitchen, Harry fixes himself a gin and tonic. The day has been long and difficult. The heat, his son's demands, and his own inability to concentrate cling to him, making his skin feel tight. The air remains heavy, although the heat has dissipated. Now that the boy is asleep, he can finish cooking dinner. It is Robin's birthday, and he has planned a special meal to celebrate. He turns the oven on, removes the cover from the lamb on the counter, and seasons it with roughly ground salt, then massages the meat with rosemary and oregano and slides it into the oven. As he does so, he glances at the sky and wonders when the clouds will break and the downfall begin. Rain in Tangier can be biblical. The torrential downpours can last for days. It's one of the things that surprised them most when they moved here five years ago. He longs for one of those rainstorms now to clear the air and lift this dull, oppressive atmosphere. The pain around his head has not abated despite the gin. He glances at the old clock above the stove and refills his glass. The phone's ring startles him. "'Everything all right?' asks Robin. "'Yes. Dylan's asleep and I'm getting dinner ready.' "'He's asleep?' The surprise in her voice unnerves him. He was exhausted. Listen, she says then, and he can tell from her tone that she has some favour to ask. Simo has gone home sick, so I told Raoul I'd stay on a while longer to cover. But it's your birthday. It'll just be a couple of hours, that's all. He's silent. It'll still be my birthday when I get home, she says. He drains his glass and agrees that, yes, it will still be her birthday when she gets home. He says goodbye, hangs up, and makes himself another drink. It will have to be his final drink before she arrives. He doesn't want to get drunk and spoil things for her. Tonight, with his headache, with the uneasy feeling in the air, he is as jumpy as a cat and craves the reassurance of her presence. For some reason he does not want to be alone. So he distracts himself by putting away toys and gathering up books and returning the cushions to the sofa. He clears clutter from the coffee table and sweeps the tiled floor. The place is coming back to itself, back to the tidy space that has become their home, the shabby yet comfortable sofa, the bead curtain that separates this room from the cubbyhole kitchen, the corner by the window where stacks of canvases are propped up against the wall. Even the wooden table they dine at is cleared. Harry is annoyed at Robin. Perhaps he would not have made Dylan go to sleep so early if he'd known she was going to be late. Still, he tries not to be downbeat and goes about setting the table. Knives, forks, napkins. But where are the candles? Earlier that day he'd bought four white, unscented candles at the souk, a roll of saffron-coloured linen to throw over the sofa, and a large, ornate serving tray cast in silver, decorated in a fine filigree of scrolls and curlicues. The tray is a gift for Robin, one he spent twenty minutes haggling for, but it is only now he realises he has left it and the other items at Cosimo's. He had not planned to go to Cosimo's, it was a spur-of-the-moment thing, almost immediately Harry had regretted bringing Dylan. Cosimo was not used to having children around, especially in his own home. Dylan had grown bored and irritable while Harry sat chatting with Cosimo, and as the time passed the boy began pulling at his arm, complaining loudly, so that their visit had ended abruptly, Harry sweeping the boy up into his arms and carrying him away, leaving his friend in a grateful peace. Fuck, he sighs, trying to think what to do.
The obvious thing is to call Cosimo, but Harry knows what this would mean. Cosimo would insist on delivering the forgotten items, request a drink for his efforts, and before either of them knew it, they'd be deep in conversation, the dinner spoiling, Cosimo settling in, the evening on its way to being ruined. Harry goes to check on the boy. He is in a deep sleep, and Harry knows better than to disturb him. Besides, Cosimo's house is not far, a short walk down the hill. He can be there and back in ten minutes. Best to go now, quickly, before the rain comes. Taking one last look at the sleeping child, he hurries down the stairs and into the empty bookshop, which is cast in shadow now that the evening light is fading and the sky beyond has grown dark and brooding. He steps outside, locking the door behind him, and strides purposefully through the narrow street. The lingering quiet in the streets unnerves him. He looks up and catches sight of a veiled woman peering down at him. Quickly, she...